as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. Davey, uh, keep in uh, mind, this is officially Christmas season, even though it's the beginning of November. So I want you to think real that. hard about your family and your traditions, because I'm going to be asking you later. Meanwhile, in the Rio oh, Grande Valley, Davey, SpaceX wants to make a second attempt to launch its Starship Super Heavy rocket com- uh, combination within the next few weeks. The company updated its website late last week to say that its next launch from South Texas Starbase could happen as soon as the middle of this month. The update came after the FAA announced the completion of a safety review that's needed before a launch license can be issued and a required environmental review is still in progress. I I didn't know you could make it rain concrete until uh, this past April when we all saw that SpaceX launch. That's right. You just need a big enough <laughs> explosive device. I did not. I did not think that that could be a thing. I didn't think. Apparently, yeah. There's like an entire concrete cycle where it evaporates and it collects up in the air and it just falls crashing down around our heads. Yeah, just uh, as as you well know. But uh, no. All joking aside, I'm looking forward to seeing the big uh, stainless steel water cooled uh, launch pad that that they're talking about. I don't know if they're uh, if that's going to be part of the environmental reveal, or not stainless steel. Oh, yeah, it was supposed to be steel, wasn't it? Steel or aluminum or something like that. I that's why I'm asking you. No, I didn't know that. Maybe maybe I did remember reading stainless steel, but you're making me question devil? it now. I could be wrong. It's one of the. It's probably aluminum. Uh, but anyway, the point is they're building a new launch pad at SpaceX, and it's supposed to be water cooled to make sure that the you know the concrete explosion that happened in in April doesn't happen again. Well, yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens there with the FAA. University of Texas Rio Grande Valley working with the local food bank of the Rio Grande Valley to help students stretch their food budget. The university runs a student food pantry at Edinburgh and Brownsville campuses with the help of the food bank from the Rio Grande Valley. Organizers say the number of students asking for food assistance has more than doubled since last year. Students can order food online and then pick it up during the pantry's operating hours. And you have more information available at the UTRGV website. The Rio Grande City School District getting nearly $500,000 to help improve school security. The grant from the Department of Justice, part of the agency's school violence prevention program. The money will go towards equipment like metal detectors and emergency notification devices, as well as violence prevention training for local law enforcement. Uh, Senator John Cornyn uh, praised the grant, saying that parents, students, and teachers do need to feel safe in uh, Texas schools. Speaking of schools, where did I see this? Did you hear, in, this is Texas News, in uh, the TEA, they are giving South San Antonio ISD a year to straighten itself out and avoid a state takeover. This is what, the third? Uh, this is the third school district in about a year or yeah. 18 months at least? 
that yeah, uh, they've either stepped in or threatened to step in. Well, I think South San, I think, has been a problem district for a long time. And I, I don't typically districts that are out of the valley, I don't pay much attention to, but I seem to remember that one or one other one and or one other one up there has got, you know, when I say constant problems, I mean, they're in the news a lot uh, and not in a good way. So here's what's going on at uh, South San Antonio. The state agency, uh, the TEA, issued a report stating that the district's board of trustees has chronic governing problems interfering with their operations. The board failed to reach a quorum six times in a row. Good Lord. You know what that means, right? That means nobody showed up. It means they're having a war. (laughs) There's a split board, and the way you deal with that is you just don't you don't give the other you don't give a you don't create a quorum so you don't have to do any business so nothing happens it's sta- it's like uh, what happened in World War One where nobody moved they just stayed in their trenches I'm not sure how that's supposed to what's supposed to happen I guess div- they're hoping for divine intervention they're hoping for the other side to go okay we give up you're right we'll do the- it with you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And uh, th- here in South San Antonio ISD, they are talk in this particular instance, they're welcoming the TEA walking in with a conservator to keep an eye on things. <laughs> we, we, we need daddy. You know, we need a ref to kind of uh, to, to call things for us here. The special the special session of the Texas legislature wrapping up this week and a school voucher plan will more than likely not pass. Teacher groups have fought tooth and nail to stop the plan that would allow parents to use their tax dollars to send their kids to private school. Mark Wiggins with the Association of Texas Professional Educators says that the incentives that have been tacked on to vouchers are not moving the needle. Lawmakers have already filed a school choice bill for next session, which will start after the holidays. Oh, yeah, these guys would never interrupt their holiday in order to go and legislate. Don't, you know what I mean? They would never, never. <laughs> we're, we're, gonna, we're talking with a fellow about that next hour, too. What about them? About them not liking uh, special no. sessions or what? Well, we can ask him what he thinks about that. No, about about this uh, long promised immigration bill, which is probably not constitutional, but um, it's coming back. He says it. The issue is not dead. But you knew that. <laughs> yes, yes, we've spoken about this before. Uh, one more before we go. An additional border security bill unlikely to pass before the end of the special session since the Texas Senate took no action on Sunday. It was House Bill Number 4 that would make it a state crime to enter Texas illegally from Mexico. The bill would empower police to order illegal border crossers to return to Mexico and arrest them if they if they refuse. Instead of taking up the bill... The Senate recessed until Tuesday, the last day of the special session. So we're running the clock. That's the play. It's the, uh, it's the uh, National Basketball League way of managing the clock at the very end. Yeah, and just like a basketball game, nothing matters until the last five minutes anyway. So this is your 956 Drive Home. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. 
You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids. To running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news. And to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURB and KURB.com. Here's Zach. Two leaders of a bipartisan congressional caucus agree that Hamas needs to be eliminated, but they've got different views on the civilian deaths in Gaza. Innocent civilians, you create more terrorists in the process. Let me make a do-over on this one. Hold on. You can kill a terrorist, but if you destroy or kill innocent civilians, you create more terrorists in the process. That was on uh, CBS's Face the Nation. Colorado Democrat Jason Crow said that the deaths of civilians should not be happening, while Texas Republican Tony Gonzalez says civilian deaths are unavoidable in a war. Gonzalez says that he believes Israel is trying to avoid civilian deaths, but that Hamas is embedded in every part of civilian life in Gaza. Crow and Gonzalez co-chair for the country, or sorry, for they co-chair the four-country caucus, there you go, which is made up of House members who are military veterans. And so Jason Crow, Colorado rep, says that the death of civilians should not be happening. To support Israel, to do this the right way, we have to put front and center the protection of civilians. Tony Gonzalez believes Israel's trying to avoid all of that. Israel is doing everything it can to make this military targets and not punish a population. Hamas fully in control of Gaza, according to Gonzalez. How do you eradicate a terrorist organization that is embedded in every aspect of a civilization? With a year before the 2024 presidential election, a majority of Americans think the country is heading in the wrong direction. So they talked to a bunch of people from New York who pretty much said the same thing. Not very positive, that's for sure. I'm afraid for the country. I'm afraid. I'm very frightened. I just can't be bothered by it. I really wish that there were two brand new candidates. According to a new poll from ABC News or uh, Ipsos poll, uh, 95% of Republicans think that the country is on the wrong track, along with 76% of independents and 54% of Democrats. However... Front runners President Biden and former President Donald Trump viewed unfavorably by some of those voters. New Yorkers worry about what a war between Israel and Hamas means for America, along with other things right now. So if you think that gas prices are high now, wait, they'll be ten dollars, and then forget it. Economy is number one, and, and energy independence, and, and close that border because right now, you know, our enemies are just running running across that border right now. Which brings me to what happened earlier today, David. Do you get the do you get the the app notifications from the Associated Press on, I do on not. breaking news that happens? I, I do got not. I got one earlier today, and it made me giggle because you know Trump is in court today, right? Yeah. Yes. And uh, so he was calling his New York civil fraud trial a scam after he wrapped up his testimony on the stand on Monday. Trump says that the whole case needs to be tossed out. Never been brought, and it's a case that should be immediately dismissed. 
what I read from the Associated Press was that uh, the the judge who Trump repeatedly called incredibly partisan mm-hmm. uh, proved him, proved himself to be incredibly partisan by telling President Trump that this is not a rally. Keep your keep your answers concise. It's, well, that's not partisan. <laughs> it, you don't you don't get to just like do whatever you want. You're on the stand. Now, to be fair, I have absolutely no context of, of <laughs> what was going on, but it's it's like when it was like remember Pacquiao versus Mayweather, and yeah. every time Mayweather fights, he brings his own ref. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what this feels like. This feels like a Mayweather fight. No, Trump wants to pop off. He he wants to comment. He wants to do he wants to do sideline commentary. No, listen. All I'm asking is, why can't I have my own judge? Okay, they handpicked the right. judge. It's got a big D next to it, next to her name. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Why come I can't have a Trump judge? We laugh for for a Trump trial. Okay, we we the, there's been more than one report that uh, there are folks working on how he can use the Justice Department to go after his enemies and people who have said ugly things about him, including his former chief of staff, um, former attorney general. They uttered a discouraging word, and he is, by God, going to, I don't know what, um, but he's, he's trying to do what hasn't been done in decades, if ever. Um and we'll start that as soon as he gets back in there, if he gets back in there. Well, I don't know. Listen, because le- leading up to this, right, as a as an innocent bystander viewing it from afar, I think the judge might be taking it, you know, a little bit too far. Not going to lie. Uh, remember remember uh, when Trump was in court? Off. Hold on, hold on. Dude, Trump was in court and he was like leaning over to somebody and saying, this, this judge is such a partisan judge. I have never seen such partisanship in a judge before ever and that person presenting next to a partisan as well even more partisan i would even say remember that that happened what last week or two weeks ago and uh it, it was just like a passing comment in the court from my understanding and the judge was like no no no, no. gag order boom you're fined and trump picked up like fifteen thousand dollars worth of fines so far because of this trial <laughs> Of this trial because it's like uh it's like the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law okay i get it it's a gag order right but him telling somebody in in his immediate vicinity something you know in his camp that they may or may not agree with but it had to be soto voce at one point the judge called on trump's lawyers to control their client Mm -hmm. that's what it says here New York's Democratic Attorney General accusing Trump of inflating his net worth so that the Trump organization could obtain more favorable loans. And here's the other thing, too. When they said, when when they told him to have uh, concise answers, it's like they're asking him to explain something. Yeah. You can't have a concise yeah. explanation. That may not be And fair. give a sufficient answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. just feels like they've got their thumb on the scales here. That's what, that's what it feels like, at least from afar. We got a... We don't got to go just yet. I got a, I got a couple President more here. Go from- on and, he'll, he'll go on and on and on if he's allowed to, because that's just his nature. Back to the state of Texas. And uh, you know what? I'm going to skip that one for the next segment. Let's talk about Christmas for a second. So it's the start of November. Mm-hmm. Some people are already ready to put up that Christmas tree. And experts say that decorating for the holidays can boost your mental health. If you're thinking about it in a positive way about yay, hope, and future, and time with family or friends, you get that dopamine. That's Texas A&M psychology professor Kelly Shopak, who says that 
smells also play a huge mm-hmm. part. It connects your brain with a certain time and place, and so that the scent of a Christmas tree can trigger happy thoughts, which will boost your mood. And so when you put up that tree and you smell the pine, it just brings the thought of presents on Christmas Day. You know, that that excitement about what's going to come, like activate our reward system. And she says that digging out those old ornaments also bring a rush of nostalgia. Reminiscing on the positive aspect of it, we have an increase in like feeling of social connectedness. That is going to increase the mood. Now, I asked you earlier to collect your thoughts about your Christmas traditions, Davey, and I'll tell you what happened to me this weekend. Uh, My mother, I love her very, very much, but uh, as as we've known each other for the majority of my life... Not for all of your life. She's known you all of your life. There was a period of nine months where, you know, we didn't talk, obviously, and... I know you're laughing. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thinking of so, Gabriel Iglesias' routine about being born. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this weekend, you know, we've been having. A, I'm gonna. I'm gonna open up a little bit. We've been having kind of a rough year, me and the family, and uh, the girlfriend side too. But that's another story. But you know, mom's gone through some stuff this year with the family and with some health problems and stuff. And so Sunday morning, I wake up, Davy. And it's November 6th, or it was November 5th, right? It's November mm-hmm. 5th. And I wake up at the crack of 1 p.m. on Sundays. <laughs> and I go downstairs, and there's pine needles everywhere. Really? There's like a trail of pine needles in the That's living room. What, as, as I wake up and I wander around like a, as, as I wake up as a hibernating bear, you know, foraging downstairs in the living room looking for, uh, you know, my, my cup of coffee. And uh, here's the thing. There's a big pine tree set up in the middle of the room, in the living room. But the but everything surrounding that Christmas tree, that pine tree, is Thanksgiving decor. It's November 5th. There's nothing says you can't combine the two. <laughs> it's November 5th. So I've got this. I literally have like a give thanks display with pumpkins and little scarecrows and and fall uh, decor, right? The yellows, the oranges, the browns, the, the copper colors. And, and then we've got this really nice Christmas tree that's set up. Um, and so what I'm trying to get at here is if you've been having a rough year, you might want to get the Christmas stuff out early. Yeah. Despite, despite my criticism, because Halloween doesn't get enough uh, time for itself before Santa starts coming in. And... Uh, Sometimes you really do need that uh, that that special time of year to come sooner than soon, sooner than usual, to to have that family time together to get the Christmas tree out and get the ornaments out and, and just like the the doctor here said, the psychologist from Texas A and M, getting all that nostalgia out and uh, taking a look at the ornaments and just rem- reminiscing about better times in years past. It can be very important, you know, especially as we all mm-hmm. get older and. Time starts to wear on the body. What do you all do, David? Well, we don't start putting anything up for Christmas until until after Thanksgiving. And at some point, we will go sooner than than I'm comfortable with. But you have to now. We, we'll go over and get a, a real tree. We I always want a real tree. I don't want a don't want a fake tree. Uh, I may change my mind because the price keeps going up and up. But we go to the same place over on McCall. We've been going there for years. Um, and we'll bring it back and decorate it. And uh, we're my wife, I don't have anything. I don't. I, I've long 
Um, I don't really care to decorate. I'll watch. I don't mind watching. I think that's that's family together time. But uh, and the th- the key is to make sure it's taking up water. And in the past, we've not we've done it in such a way that it wouldn't take up water, so it didn't last very long. She learned how to do that to where it'll take up water uh, and stay alive. And um, it has a smell, but you know, really, you, you need to go get the the potpourri and that sort of thing to to make to make a real smell. And in the past, when we've had kittens. Kittens would climb the tree, and when we had a javelina, he tried to eat eat the limbs, right? Because they, they're they're omnivorous, and we had to stop Buddy from <laughs> chomping on the Christmas tree. Can they do that? Is that safe for pets? I don't think it's safe for pets. That's why we stopped him <laughs> from doing it. But you know, more Look, than one stick. It's a big stick. More than once, I've I've heard guys who live in the country talk about javelinas who have eaten snuff they've gotten into the snuff and died from from i guess tox the toxicity of the tobacco product yeah because tobacco can be used as a poison uh which i think is sad but um yeah they're they're foragers and maybe not the smartest well dogs can be the same way right so well we better get going dave we're past our time i hate to cut you off you're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 drive home on news talk 710 kurv and kurv.com i love your show hello hello having our voices heard that's right yeah you live and you learn exactly right this is our country use your heads on this stuff bingo sick of the talking heads i agree with you talk 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 hello hello Yes, I'm here. I'm just listening. Yes. No. Yeah. No. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Everyone is so smart. They are so dumb. Who is she to judge? To stand up to do something. Thank you. The Valley's only news talk station, News Talk 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. We've got our Grand Slam with uh, of uh, special sessions now. The Astros weren't able to pick it up at the World Series, but we got a Grand Slam up in Austin. Yeah. And uh, so, so what happened yesterday, and uh, what's going on today? I can tell you, it's just as exciting as a Grand Slam in the World Series. <laughs> oh wait, that that's my sarcastic voice. Yeah, the, the fourth time's the charm, right? I mean, all these things are going to pass now. I do think that on border security, uh, the things that are proposed about that. Um, something will pass on that in this special session, I am pretty sure. I think that the lieutenant governor and the speaker are putting their personal differences, which are many, aside, uh, and they're going to get down to work on border security because, as you know, that's the issue that inflames the Republican base the most. They feel the most pressure from their bosses, which is not Governor Abbott. Their bosses are the voters, right, the people of Texas in the Republican primary. There's always demand to do more about border security so i think they'll get that done and in fact zach i was not much surprises me anymore around here but i i was almost in shock that they did not get that done in the last special session as you know things got so personally nasty between the two chambers between the lieutenant governor who oversees the senate and the speaker who oversees the house but on school vouchers which you were just talking about the catholic church and all that sort of stuff the the coupons for uh, those wealthy people yeah. who already have their kids in private schools, that path is a lot less clear. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Here's the timetable, as I understand it. Um, there's going to be a hearing um, this week. Uh, is this uh, Wednesday already? Tomorrow, there's going to be a hearing uh, about the border security stuff, and we're looking for the 
uh, hearing to happen as well on school vouchers by the time this week is over. By next Monday or Tuesday, you can expect that on the floor of the Texas House, you'll see the border security uh, legislation debated, and it'll be you know emotional once again. It's one of the most partisan, bitter debates that happens uh, in the legislature. That's going to happen early in the week, and it's possible by next Friday there will be a vote uh, on the Texas House floor on school vouchers, which has not happened, of course, all year, not in a direct way. Um, but I think that it's fair to say, and I, I think you might agree, Zach, that we've heard the governor and the supporters of school vouchers all year say that all they want is an up or down vote. As far as I understand this deal, the votes have not changed. So they may get that up or down vote by the end of next week, but they may not like the result. Okay. That's <laughs> what I had a feeling. And we're going to be in a special session in perpetuity indefinitely <laughs> for, uh, for God knows well, how I long mean, until Abbott gets what he wants, right? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe when the vote comes down in the House and they still don't have the votes to pass this thing, maybe at that point he'll let up on it and say, okay, guess what? We're going to go after some of these Republican incumbents in their uh, Republican primaries. For the overall chess game here, if you think about what's going to happen in primaries, next week uh, begins something that is very important, which is the filing period for people to run for office. That, that you, know, you can talk about running for office, you can announce you're going to run for office, but actually putting your name on the paperwork to run for office, that starts on Monday and runs through December 13th. So if you think about the timing of it, if we get a vote, say, on the 17th, that would be next Friday. That's already a week into the filing period. So anyone who would want to run against one of those incumbents based on their vote on vouchers, they'd have three weeks to get that done. And when it comes to running for office, Davis, you know this, you, you know, have been involved in campaigns, um, getting people to run, you know, recruiting candidates and getting them comfortable with the idea that they're going to be, uh, you know, be going through the crucible of a campaign and have, you know, the, the yeah. sort of the colonoscopy that goes along with that. Everybody, you know, looking at, yeah. you know, what's going on in your life. That's very personal. And those conversations go on for months before the filing period. You know, people have to talk to their yeah. spouses, their business partners, people in the community to figure out if they would even have support. So mm -hmm. the governor will have less than a month to get people lined up to run against some of these people if he doesn't like their vote on vouchers. Yeah, I know. That's what that's what we've been saying here. It's 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 a lot more complex than, hey, we got to vote everybody out. You know, all those rhinos, we got to get rid of them. It's it's much more complicated than or, that. Or hey, uh, before, before we go, before we go, Scott, uh, I got to I got to ask you if you know anything. This might not be in your wheelhouse, but we were wondering what was up with the not. I don't know if they call the term limits on, on judges, the constitutional amendment for raising the retirement age on on judges do you know anything did why somebody screw up and that's why that was on the on the on the ballot this time around for what raising this, the retirement do you know the story, be, you know the yeah. story behind that and what caused it well it's i mean part of it has to do with the fact that the chief justice of the uh of the texas supreme court is coming up against that um so, so some people were calling it the nathan hecht amendment uh -huh. so, so when it went down people said what the heck oh <laughs> i get it yeah i see that was a short version that. yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah um, so so uh, i was just telling david you know when they when when you have a staff meeting about hey you know somebody put aluminum foil in the microwave you know we were having a staff meeting to make sure that nobody does that again that's that's why all of these constitutional amendments are there it's because somebody did something and they're making us all vote on it and that constitutional amendment is that's the I was wondering what the story was behind that one because yes, I feel it, like there needed to be context behind it. Yeah, the, uh, so Chief Justice Hecht, who I mentioned, uh, will be 75 next year. Um, and there are five other appellate court judges around the state 
uh, including uh, another one of the Texas Supreme Court justices, uh, Deborah Lehrman, who will also uh, turn 75 during their next term if they're reelected. So, uh, so raising that uh, age for retirement it would affect all of those ju- those judges, and of course other ones around the state. But those are pretty key. The denial because they still want to be there. Well, yeah. What's that? Because they still want to be there. That they still absolutely they want to okay. serve uh, as long as they can. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we, we were wondering, or one of my coworkers was positive it was a, a form of uh, turnover. You know, we don't want them to serve longer. We want more new blood. We want term limits. Mm-hmm. Effectively, an experience thing. Yeah, it's a kind of it's a type of uh, term limit, right? All, All right. right. Thank hey, you. Well, thanks, that was, thanks that was that, a short Scott. version of that one. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks a lot, Scott. That's Scott Bradford. That was all the history on that in 10 seconds. Yeah. From the Awesome. Thanks a lot, Scott. On uh, News Talk 710 KURV, this is your 956 Drive Home. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands, your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURV. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. I believe yeah. you have somebody on our program today. Would you do me the honor of introducing them? Yes, I will. His name is Tim Lee. He is um, the head guy, the head man, the executive director president, the chairman, whatever you want to call it, at the Texas Retired Teachers Association, which has been around for 70 years. And uh, his folks uh, essentially got a raise yesterday. Mr. Lee, thank you for being with us. Uh, Fill in the details or tell me where I was wrong in my uh, introduction. Oh, no, it's uh, not wrong at all. I'm the executive director of the Texas Retired Teachers Association. Yesterday was a big, big day for us davis we uh we we uh, saw a bunch of texans go to the polls and make a decision the decision they made was that it's wrong for our retired school employees of texas to go 20 years without any increase in their retirement benefits and so uh you know they made a big bold statement yesterday and we are uh, we're so grateful for every texan that voted for us when uh, this is a cost of living adjustment now is that from the last time, I don't know how to phrase it, the last time there was a, a cost of living adjustment or from last month, and when do they see the money? Yeah, great question. So if you work in our public schools, most likely you are not receiving Social Security. So you retire and you draw a pension from one of the best-funded pension plans in the nation. Our teacher retirement system here in Texas uh, is unlike most other retirement plans around the country and the fact that it's actually funded. Uh, and part of, part of that comes down to the fact that we don't give retirement enhancements every year. And, you know, I know a lot of our members would like to see that happen, uh, but, you know, the circumstances are what they are right now. And these folks have not had a raise for uh, 20 years. Some of them have been retired for 20 years. 
essentially anyone who's retired September 1st, 2004 and after has never had a raise in the retirement benefits. So after yesterday's vote, uh, the legislation and the authorization will kick in and the cost of living increase, uh, which is, it ranges between two, four and 6%. So if you're somebody who's a little bit older and you've been retired for a long time and your wages weren't real high, you're actually going to get the higher benefit. Somebody who's retired more recently, they're going to get that more modest 2% raise and a lot of folks in between at the four. Uh, that raise will kick in uh, in January of 24. Is it just uh, uh, classroom teachers or is it, I was told it was everybody in education. That's a great, great question. I'm so glad you guys are doing this. Everyone who works for our school districts, all principals, all school teachers, all librarians, all bus drivers, all nurses, all counselors, anyone who is retired under the teacher retirement system, uh, paraprofessionals, you know, all of those folks who draw a TRS retirement, they had to be retired as of December 31st, 2020 and before. And that group is 420,000 Texans. And, uh, and so that, wow. everyone with TRS uh, who fits that definition will get a raise. Uh, how long have you been um, the head of the Texas teacher retirement system? Well, I'm, I've been the director of the uh, Retired Teachers Association for about 20 years now. I got here in 2004. I came from a state that um, did not properly manage uh, their retirement system. Uh, and I brought some of that that knowledge about another state that did it all the wrong way. And in wow. 2005, the very first session I started here, we started by getting rid of some of these practices that other states were doing that were making things financially difficult for taxpayers, the <laughs> people in these plans. It, it, it was just bad stuff. And so we called that the rule of holes session. And we, when you're in a hole, you stop digging. So, <laughs> you know, we've done it the right way. Uh, Texans are, have really... I think if they if they had an an opportunity to realize how big the system is, almost two hundred billion dollars. Nothing in Texas makes more money than TRS, except for a company called Exxon Mobil on an annual basis. I mean, this is a gem, and uh, and what we've just done is we've, you know, we've really uh, helped a bunch of folks who count on this retirement system, and they've done it the right way. Like I said, it's just, it's it's phenomenal. So and how do you is, prevent this from happening yeah. again? Such a large span yeah. of time. Man, that's also a great question. Part of it is part of it is this process. I think has uh, has pushed a, a great deal of enthusiasm among the led, uh, the electorate and saying, "Are you telling me that one of the richest states in the country, with one of the best education systems in the world, we're going to tell our folks they're going to be retired for 20 years and not get a raise?" I mean, that's wrong. So I think a lot of it is public awareness. Uh, a lot of it has been the work that we've done between '05 until this legislative session where we had to say you're going to we're going to work on making the system fiscally stable and fiscally sound we're not going to give these raises in a way that's going to cost the taxpayers a bunch of money down the road we've pre-funded this thing so that no no tax increase is ever going to be necessary our active teachers are not going to be paying more for this the school districts are not going to pay more for this you know one of the things that we talked a lot about during this campaign is that teachers and retired teachers they're taxpayers too and every month, a billion dollars of the Texas economy is distributed through the teacher retirement system. 
to these 475,000 retirees who spend that money here in Texas. So it's a huge economic engine, and this raise that's going to go into effect, it's going to affect every single county in Texas. Some some local coffee shop is going to get more business because Mm -hmm. the retirees can afford to go back to the coffee shop. I mean, this is good for everybody. Do do you know... um since since uh, cost of living increases were not programmed into this in some fashion, that I guess the, I infer that the legislature needed to aff- affirmatively vote to do it. Um, what? Uh, why have they not done it before? Has there been? That's that's not a good question, but it's a good question. When you have gone to the legislature and lobbied for an increase, they have told you, Mister Lee, what? Well, they've told us that the retirement system is still not fiscally stable enough that it won't cost the the taxpayers and the future pensioners uh, a big amount of money. And, you know, every dollar that you're not putting into the retirement system today to plan for the future usually costs between 11 and $13 20 years down the road. And Mm -hmm. so we have decided that, that it's just not the best way to manage retirement enhancements. And so the legislature uh, took advantage of the surplus revenue. They took advantage of uh, the the economic power of the investment fund that is TRS, and they melded those two things together uh, to push forward this cost of living raise. It is going to be a challenge in the future uh, to, to do these kinds of things again uh, but it doesn't mean that it's impossible, you know, especially if we are determined uh, to make sure that our classroom teachers have a fiscally stable retirement system that the taxpayers can enjoy, knowing that it costs about the same as if we were paying for Social Security. The big difference there is that we don't send the money to the federal government. We keep the money here in Texas and and we use that money not only to protect our retirees, but to invest in the Texas economy. So. You know, it takes planning. It takes a lot of work. Sometimes it does take, you know, the initiative of the legislature to maybe not spend money on some other priorities while, you know, putting people first. And, uh, and, and I believe that overall the legislature has sent the message that they're not done. Uh, they're going to continue to try to help, you know, these retirees. Oh. Well, that, so that, that's good news. Um, I guess, uh, Zach, anything? Nope. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Lee. We greatly appreciate the update and we'll be calling you again. Tim Lee is the executive director of the Texas Teachers Retirement Association. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radiopotomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radiopotomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. 
stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.